Are you sure I don't sound weird without the microphone? It sounds a little weird, but not terribly weird. Cool, we'll open the show with this so the audience knows that I feel bad about it. My microphone (laughs) crapped out as we were starting to record. I'm recording on earbuds, everybody. What a nightmare. It's okay. I hope it sounds beautiful. You know what? I can help it. I can sing. Please don't. (laughs) I feel comfortable in rain. I don't know what's happening. I've had a I haven't recorded with you in a while. I'm happy to be here, Dagny. I know. And it tends to be the evening recordings where we are extra loopy. Usually when we record in the mornings, I am alert. The audience doesn't need to know what time of day we're recording. It's audience, if you're listening, this is a live <laughs> broadcast. It's whatever time of day it is right now as you listen. If you pause it, we'll just freeze here for 15 <laughs> Sorry, I minutes or so. <laughs> um, that's okay. <laughs> it's a, it'll, it'll work out fine. So, um, Billy, Billy, what? I need to talk to you first about Interview with the Vampire. Have you finished it? No, uh, we didn't watch any Damn. of it after episode one. And then literally three nights ago, we sat down and marathoned the half of it. So we're halfway through and we should just sit down and marathon the second half. Because I, I just I got so busy and I was like, I don't want to watch one episode. I want to watch all of them. So, but uh, I'm through episode four and I think it's exceptional. Yeah. Um, uh, it's genuinely one of the best shows on television. Uh, the writing is incredible. Yes. The acting is amazing. The It's so, Interview with a Vampire is so fucking good. And I just want everyone to know. Yeah, I wish AMC Plus One was a better app. Um, I know this is a show about optimism, but if anybody that works at AMC Plus for the app is listening to this, no, 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 I need to I need to say this. One, on the App Store, when you go to download it, there are 7,000 reviews and the, um, their star rating is one and a half stars. Um, <laughs> on my Samsung TV, I'm also watching i have one episode of mad men left hot take that show's good who knew um but... <laughs> so late to the party again <laughs> i know it's a sopranos again um but you know at least i'm watching it um anyway it takes so long to load anything on that app on my tv so amc plus if you want more people to watch your incredible show called interview with yeah. the vampire make your app better because i need more people to watch it john and i finished it, it. we're obsessed lestat is just I think he's the perfect casting. That actor is just... He's incredible. A, yeah. Um, but AMC Plus, kids together. Did you anyway, finish the book? Yes. Yeah, we have, okay, cool. I was we just have curious. our little book club and finish that and then you, finish the show. Are you going to finish the vampire? Are you going to read the vampire list at? Maybe. It's just it was so oh, appropriate for spooky season. I wonder yeah. if we wait till well, next I, October. I mean, the vampire list out will probably be season two of the show. I do also want to say, when it comes to AMC+, Plus, because yes, this is a show about optimism. Also, real quick, good morning, <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, and good oh. night. No matter when you're listening, welcome to Poptimist, a pop culture show focused on optimism. I'm your host. My name's Billy. Hey, who's that? Dagny. Sorry, I forgot we do an intro. My bad. Yeah, that's my sister. She's a co-host. You know, you've been here before. We're having fun. So, Yes, we're an, a pop podcast about optimism, but we have been traditionally very negative about streaming apps and the way yeah. they're laid out. Historically, this is a theme on the show. I was talking about how about bad it. things are laid out. Did I ever tell you how I watched Better Call Saul when I finally caught up to the, the, the final season and I couldn't see the first couple episodes? Was it through AMC Plus? No, because AMC Plus was doing it, it. It was like after the show had been three weeks after it aired. Uh-huh. And like episode five came out, episode one went away. You know how they do that? Because it was currently airing. That's dumb. And they're like, uh-huh. and so when I got there, there were three episodes I couldn't watch because they had already been taken off of the app. So I <laughs> got on our parents' Amazon Prime account. 
<laughs> turned on my TV to the episode of Better Call Saul I wanted to watch. On our parents' app, I hit buy this episode. Oh then I hit God. play. <laughs> then I hit, I bought this on accident and refunded it. Because uh, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't uh, our card. It was our, probably, probably honestly, our parents' credit card tied to that. And I don't even know why I have the password for it. Uh, oh and I never God. got a phone call that was like, did you buy three episodes of Better Call Saul and immediately refund them? Um, yes, I did. Yes, I obviously, did. yeah, she obviously wasn't phased by it. Um, really quick, I'll do my other pop culture things because I don't have too many to talk about. Um, what do you mean? You don't have the one I'm here to talk about? Not yet. If you're talking about a movie, let me do mine really quick. First of all, I know I've talked about this show many times, but Love is Blind, specifically season three, Love is Blind, again, the gift that just keeps on giving. Netflix really, um, has outdone itself yet again with another season of Love is Blind. Why, Billy, you look really concerned. <laughs> what is going Are you talking about Wakanda I Forever? Because I have not seen I, it yet. I cannot believe you have not seen Wakanda Forever yet. It has been out for three days. The reason I'm upset is because I saw it two weeks ago and I was looking forward to talking to you about it. It has I'm been so driving sorry. me nuts. I to be saw, fair, uh, I think oh, to be fair, I think it's too early to talk about it because You're probably right, but I saw it <laughs> in mid to late October. <laughs> I know you and did. I have been sitting on my hands not saying shit about how much I loved Wakanda Forever, how it's uh the best Marvel movie since Endgame. Um the got best it. movies of Phase 4 are this and Spider-Man. Uh and I got to go to a talk back with Lupita Nyong'o, Danae Guerra, uh, Letitia Wright and Ryan Coogler and it was amazing and that's all I want to talk about but you uh, I don't know didn't go see it opening weekend because I saw a concert last night that was my other thing I was going to talk about I saw a concert we're fine we uh, can move past Wakanda forever yes. I'm just I'm shocked next week shocked. next week um, I saw Sammy Ray and friends with my boyfriend and a couple friends if you've ever heard of the band look it up they only have a few songs on Spotify yeah um, and they're very good. That's all. They're very groovy. It's it's a nice time. So if you're looking What's for Sammy Ray and Friends, S A M M I E R A E and Friends, um, um, you've probably heard it. Heard some of probably. the music. People on TikTok sometimes will have that as a as yeah. a little audio. So check it out if you're listening because they're a fun uh, little groovy time. I saw my first theater or theater. I saw my first concert at the Greek Theater. Oh. Um, I saw Orville Peck at the Greek um, for his fourth annual rodeo hosted by Jada Essence Hall, and it was fantastic. That's uh, awesome. That was a lot of fun. And there was something else I was going to bug you about. Oh, so speaking of SAG Awards and me being on the nominating committee. And if, you, uh, <laughs> if, if you listening out there and you uh, are on a movie and you want it nominated, uh, ship me free things to my address. And maybe uh, <laughs> honestly, probably shouldn't have said that. If anyone hears this, I'll get kicked off. Um, that was a joke. <laughs> this is parody. Uh, but yeah. Tuesday, <laughs> so the day before this episode comes out, I'm going to see Glass Onion. Mm. Um, that I'm very with, excited for. I've heard it's with even a, better than the first. Isn't that crazy? And my talk yeah. back with uh, Ryan Johnson, Daniel Craig, Janelle Monet, Kate Hudson, and Edward Norton. I wonder how many other times excited. you're going to name drop um, these screenings you get to go to. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. It's award <laughs> season already, baby. I'm here. Give me free stuff. Give me screenings. Um and then every once in a while, I'll get like a DVD in the mail, and it's like a movie with famous people in it, and you've never heard of it before. <laughs> Just like, what, like what? is this? Uh, the fiance said that it was on Amazon Prime, and he'd seen ads for it, but it was a story about the rescuing of those kids in Chile who got stuck in the cave, 
and it's oh, starring yeah. Viggo Mortensen. And I got yes. a thing that was like, watch this movie. And I was like, I don't even know this exists. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm out of loop. Maybe I'm not qualified to be on this nominating committee. Maybe not, because even I knew about that film. But also, my boyfriend knows a lot about films. So I heard true. It about it he's through a, him. He's, he's a professional. He works in um, the industry. Well, cool. Play. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of like a fun pop culture roundup. The only last thing I'll say is I know I'm late to the party, but I finished She-Hulk and I thought it was hilarious and uh, great. She-Hulk is great. Watch She-Hulk. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, I didn't see Wakanda Forever, Black Panther I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know how to talk to you. I'm sorry, I just crushed all of your pop culture recap chat. It's okay. It's okay. We could um, do we can do a whole mini so if you're that passionate about it. When I see it, we can do a quick little like 30 minute talk all about what kind no, of forever. no because at this point I'll have talked about it to other people so that when you get here I'm just going to talk about Namor's everything. Okay. Uh, very sorry. attracted to that man. <laughs> Even um, if he is a butthead. A butthead. He's the villain of the movie. He's a he's oh violent. okay. <laughs> but also, Winston Duke was also in the movie, and maybe in the third one, the two of them will kiss. Uh, that won't happen. But Winston Duke is also. This has become men in Marvel movies that I'm attracted to. I think we need to move on. <laughs> <laughs> we do need to move on. I want to bring in our guest because I'm very excited. Um, honestly, one of my oldest friends. We go way way back. I've known this man for I can't even tell you how many years. We've hung out so, so many times. And by that, I mean, I've seen him on two separate occasions in my life. Um, <laughs> but he made such an impact. I wanted to have him on our podcast. So everybody, welcome to the stage, Nick Brown. I'm picturing the crowd going wild. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sound effects constantly. Yes. <laughs> Billy Dagny, hello. So great to be here. I'm oh my so gosh, glad you joined. to the Zoom room, even though we don't use Zoom. Uh, how's Chicago? Uh, it is brutally cold. It has been lovely all season. We've been in the 70s and sunny. This weekend, like, winter is here. It came hard and fast. Uh, uh, we're we're in, like, bunker mode now. This is uh, wow, a bunker episode. I guess I say that. It's mid-November. What am I saying already? <laughs> it's time. <laughs> yeah, well, there's seasons here. You ULA folk don't totally get that, but it's... Hey, now to be fair, we had we were having days in the 80s, and then we had two days of rain, and now the days are in the low 70s to high 60s. <gasps> it's so cold. winter is wow. yeah. Oh my gosh! And also, my favorite thing about LA is honestly, like the day after the rain came out, I swear to God, it was like 73 degrees, and people were walking and walking around the streets in parkas. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's something I honestly think. There's like a, a whole group bunch of people in LA who are really into winter fashion and know they can't really pull it off. So they're looking for any excuse to be, I mean, I'm one of those people. I have a coat that goes down to my ankles that I will wear if it's 50 degrees, just because I never get to wear it. <laughs> Suffer for fashion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do want to say, Nick, so you can roast my boyfriend slash your friend, John, which is how we know each mm -hmm. other. Um, yesterday we did go to a concert. I, I should have followed his lead but um he wore a shirt and then a cardigan and then a denim jacket on top of it to walk around la at night when it was 55 degrees um this man who used to live in chicago and michigan but it felt very cold to be fair there's something it's a different kind of cold at night in la it's i can't oh, say it's a, it's it is chicago a desert cold. cold it sneaks it it's <laughs> it's only feels cold because it, it's the the shift between day and night is fairly dramatic because it's like it's yeah. a desert remember humans aren't supposed to live here um uh, and so, yeah, sometimes your body is surprised by it. And I, there, I swear, though, there's times where I'm like, it's 46 degrees out here. And I pull up my phone and it's like 62. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, no, L.A. has just gotten to my brain. But I wore yeah. a crop top to the Orville Peck concert. 
I had my I had my stomach out and everything. Oh. It was oh. very cute. It's nice. very hairy, so it's probably stayed warm. <laughs> Too much. I want to go back to John's outfit real quick, though, because knowing John <laughs> yeah. for, for so many years, um, mm-hmm. that to me sounds like the most John outfit I've ever heard. I've seen mm-hmm. him in 100 degrees wearing jeans, cardigan, <laughs> jean jacket. Like, doesn't matter yeah. if it's a night out or a concert or like a day at the beach. That's him. So, yes. glad to hear Long- he is staying true to himself in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Long pants, button up. And a cardigan. It's it's a classic look, and he That's... pulls it off. It's a really good look on him, and yeah, he looked great at that concert. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And he can hear me, I'm sure, from the other room right now, and we're saying only nice things. Um, but I'm yeah, for listeners, right now. that's <laughs> you should. Um, how I know Nick. Nick recently got married. Congrats, congrats. You're Thank a you. husband yes, now. Um, actually, not recently. You guys, it's a long story. You're it's a long, it's got a married like three times. Story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, 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 but feels very recent to me because it was within the last year. Um, mm-hmm. And such a sweet wedding. You guys are the cutest. Um, Thank you. But yeah, so we have met in person twice now. Or, you know, we don't have to get into the details. But um, you went to college with my boyfriend and that's how we know each other. But yeah, I guess just how are you doing before we get into your topic? We just kept talking about ourselves after we introduced you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, my nice. wife and I, as you alluded to, just had our uh, marriage celebration over the summer. We got married in April of 2020, just ourselves and our officiant, but had the yep. full to-do over this past summer. It was great. Just got back from Italy on our honeymoon. Also fantastic. Highly so recommend to any listeners. Cool. A lot of good pasta, a lot of good wine, good pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, good Billy, stuff. not to make you feel bad, in uh, high school, both Billy and I took Latin. Um, as it, I think you said you took Latin as well. I also took Latin, yeah. Yes. We were the cool we're, kids. Fucking cool as shit, baby. Very cool. Yeah, this but is where it gets us. Uno. We're living the life. Vidi, vidi, whatever. Um, but we both did on our own separate occasions, get to take a trip to Italy and Greece with our Latin class. So I'm sorry you didn't get that, but, uh, I'm glad you have now as an adult gone to Italy. The honeymoon version of that was, um, just frankly way hotter. So I'm glad that I had that experience now. Yes. Yeah. I have said, I need to go back because yeah, yeah, I didn't, um, appreciate everything I was seeing at the ripe age of 15. I was like, this is cool. Oh my gosh. Paintings on the ceiling. I was far too sober for the whole trip, honestly. That's what I regret, was not being plastered on red wine constantly. Yeah, um, being plastered on red wine constantly is a good part of that trip, definitely. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like the point. Yes. You, like, trip and yes. fall, and someone's like, did you skin your knee here? Drink this wine. It'll make you feel better. Um, <laughs> I would like to go to Sicily, though, because we know now uh, that the Italian side of our family is Sicilian. And I would just, like, I've never been that far south. I think that would be cool to see. Very cool. I hear very good things about Sicily. I want to do the far south and then the northern part next time I go. This is my first time, and we'd stayed yeah. Yeah. on Malfi Coast, Rome. So we need to expand our boundaries next time. Yeah. I um, mean, but Rome, I mean, really, you just got to do Rome. Rome's yeah, great. Cool. Rome it's is great. Um, yeah. Let's truck right it? along. Look at this transition. Yeah. Here we go. Moving <laughs> on up here on Poptimist, a pop culture show about optimism. We like to invite our guests to come in and talk about something from pop culture that they love. That is necessarily loved by everyone else or not necessarily well-known. Who knows? The rules are more loosey-goosey than ever before. Yeah. Uh, it's mostly just an excuse to talk about pop culture where Dagny and I don't have to do the research. And today, <laughs> Nick, we're very excited to hear about what you've brought for us to talk about on today's episode. 
I am so excited to be here to talk about what I'm about to talk about because I talk about it a lot <laughs> with a lot of people who do not care at all. And this is my platform, Great. hopefully, to have some converts uh, amongst our listeners if they are not already on the bandwagon of what I will be sharing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, very excited to be here. Did a lot of research, did a lot of um, uh, experiential research as well. All of it. I I'm prepared. I'm very excited. <laughs> yes. We love when people all right. do the research and do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so can I share with you all what I'm what I'm here to talk about? <laughs> no, I you want you to keep, we had like an intro stay for vague that? the whole like, time. We'll we'll just, they keep vamping. <laughs> Today on Poptimist, the topic is... Uh, the topic is Deal or No Deal, the <laughs> best game show of all time. <laughs> Wait, this is good. Billy and I both thing. really, we really love game shows. We watched Game Show Network a lot growing up, so yes. I am... Yes. I honestly already disagree, but I want to hear <laughs> why Deal or No Deal is that superior. Is, like, that is why I think this is a hot take. I, I assume most people at least moderately enjoy Deal or No Deal to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it is objectively the best game show. I'm so excited to dive in. Um, <laughs> I, I am very um, true to my convictions about this. So um, let's, let's do it. Let me give you a little bit of an <laughs> yeah. overview for yourselves, your listeners. Um, yes. I'm going to first just set myself up as a credible expert on the topic. So Please back do. when I was in college, I had an opportunity to go live in LA. Um, John did a similar program a year after me. I was kind of a trailblazer for him to make this path. <laughs> uh, part of my experience was interning at Game Show Network, which I had grown up oh, on Game Show Network. Like I, I loved all the reruns of like the old 60s and 70s game shows. Those were amazing. Yeah. Um, and not to throw shade at Game Show Network, a very wonderful establishment. It was all originals when I was there. And, uh, yes. a, a, different, a different sentiment, a different vibe, if you will. Um, so so anyway, when you were there, just, what year would that have been yeah. when you were there? That was 2013. Okay. So yeah, still, still doing a lot of the original game shows. Yes. Doing the, like, I think Steve Harvey was... like, just took over for mm. Family Feud. Um, I, I was on the set of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? So, like, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the era that I was there. But to, like, gotcha. watch the halls of such a, a magical establishment, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was a dream come true. So, yeah, Bill, Billy and I, we, it was lingo, um, Russian roulette, where they drop through the uh -huh. holes. Um, that's why I liked Russian roulette. They just fell through the ground. That was great. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, great. The, um, the and then what reboot. was Whammy? The Whammy Reboot, the whammy, which I also liked the reboot. original episodes but the whammy reboot was also fun that little animated devil whammy guy so cute it's very much so oh gosh the name of the character is escaping me now and i think you should leave i know uh, right this is a <laughs> now uh diminished my own credibility i'm a game show network uh aficionado uh not necessarily <laughs> and i think you should leave aficionado though. i do love that show um mm -hmm. so anyway deal or no deal yes. uh loved it growing up most recently, um, my wife and I, we got a new television. It's a Samsung. I don't know if either of you have Samsung TVs, but they have their own channels. And mm -hmm. their channels are dedicated to one show on loop, like in perpetuity. And one of their channels <laughs> is Game Show Network. We have not changed the channel since it's been on, uh, or not Game Show Network, Deal or No Deal. It just, like, it's just Deal or No Deal, deal or on deal loop. TV. We have not changed the channel <laughs> since it's been stuck on Deal or No Deal. Uh, and I've now seen every episode at least three or four times over the last several months. Uh, every single episode? Like you? Every single episode. I know I've seen every episode because I've seen many repeats and they just go chronologically. 
So I'm filling in some gaps. Maybe I missed one or two, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I've seen everyone at least two or three times. How uh, many episodes and, is that? I feel like that show's been going on for so long. Oh, well, five is it has been the going American on for, one started. That's right. Oh, five was when the American one started, or American version uh, kicked off. 2003 was its European predecessor. Um, yeah. And European, the original, I, thought, I don't know why I thought it was. It was the original Australian? I don't believe so. But I'm here okay, to talk about just... the American version. That's where my credibility lies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 2005 is when it kicked off. Um, let me give a little bit of background on just like the game show climate leading up to Deal or No Deal, just to really paint a picture, because I think the reason why it stands out as the best, you, you have to have a good appreciation for what came before it. Mm-hmm. So uh, taking it way back to probably the Colgate variety hour in the 50s, it's probably when game shows really started uh, becoming prominent as a cultural force. Yeah. Uh, your, your traditional ABC, NBC, CBS, like that's wall-to-wall variety hours and game show elements were sprinkled throughout. 60s and 70s, you started seeing more standalone game shows. You had shows like Love Connection, Take the World by Storm. You had shows like Pyramid, $100,000 Pyramid. Uh, you had Family Feud with Richard Dawson. People were kissing on the mouth. It was crazy. Uh, <laughs> forward, you get into the late 90s. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire really brought oh, back yeah. the game show format for American yes. audiences. It was amazing. Like what? Yeah. It, it like took the world by storm. It was great. So then we get into the early 2000s. A couple things happened. 9-11. The war in Iraq. <laughs> yeah. America, America <laughs> had a problem. Uh, yes. there, there was a lot going on. It was very heavy. And mm-hmm. two things were true at the same time. One was we needed a new distraction, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The second thing was, like, we, we realized kind of how stupid collectively we were being. Uh, mm-hmm. So you needed a show that wasn't the most dynamic. You needed something that was very straightforward. So 2005, Deal or No Deal uh, <laughs> is uh, launched in the U.S. And it, it checked both those boxes. It was gripping. Yes. It was edge your seat. It, it had the momentum of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? But the the simplicity that Americans can really handle at that time. Uh, <laughs> no so, trivia. No trivia. No trivia. You're of having to know things. You didn't need to know anything. Anything. <laughs> and that's what made it so groundbreaking. <laughs> and and that's just what we were we were capable to handle and ready to handle at the same time. I, I think yeah. other audiences may not have been sophisticated enough to have something so streamlined. So I think that to give Americans their credit, they, they were at a certain evolved state of media literacy to be able to handle such simplicity. <laughs> um, so well, I, I also, I scene. remember like when it was new being like realizing it was stupid and then being into the theatricality of it. Like, yes. like when they're like, let's go to the banker and the banker's just like a scary man in silhouette. <laughs> like, <laughs> like overseeing the soundstage, like on a like, landline, <laughs> on a landline. But, like, it almost felt like they were like, that is the executive of CBS. That is Mr. CBS up there. And he doesn't want you to take his money. So he's going to offer you a deal. And just, like, it was so, like, it was so simple, but they spiced it up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Every chance yes. to get. Uh. They spiced it up. They spiced it up to such a degree uh, that really set the precedent for what all great theatrics on television uh, needed to, to achieve thereafter. All of those like live musicals from like the 2010s. Um, yes. I, like I, I couldn't tell you one of them. 
but they all, all owe great. Carrie Underwood and the Sound of Music. Oh, they're all great. There would be they're no Carrie Underwood incredible. Sound of Music without Howie Mandel doing a No Deal. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> another true statement. So that yeah. is that is the background. Um, should I break it down a little bit? For our listeners, yeah, just in, in case, case. Don't know well, how this, I love plays. getting into the nitty gritty. Yes, because yeah, I think yeah. I'm also thinking Dealer Deal or No Deal is a different game than is Dealer No Deal the suitcases. It's the suitcases. Yes. Okay, yes. okay. For some reason, I thought we were talking. Okay, then I am following already. But yes, break it down because I do need a little. Yes, reminder. in case others may also not have been tracking. Yes, uh, <laughs> so it is a very simplistic game. You've got 26 suitcases. The contestant picks one suitcase at the beginning of the game. That suitcase has a dollar amount that ranges either from a penny up to a million dollars. And throughout this game, they are eliminating cases that are, are left of that 25 you know, group of cases. Um, and after each round of opening several cases, uh, the banker will make an offer to the contestant to essentially stop playing the game. Uh, the idea being the banker is saying, hey, I bet that you have more money in your briefcase um, then is what is available to pick from. I'm going to buy you out. So you at least have some guaranteed money. Um, mm-hmm. So for you, it's a gamble, right? Like either you have less money in your case than I'm giving you, or you have more. Very straightforward, very simplistic. Yeah. Uh, so that that's essentially like, as it boils down, it's a game of chicken. You are betting <laughs> against yourself when the banker makes you an offer, right? Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna diverge for a second and just give like a, a quick lesson on games of chicken. Um, I, I have a background <laughs> yes. in game theory, uh, so just like some some basics on games of chicken. Uh, there's a couple strategies because I think when you watch game shows, people like to think about the strategy element. And in a show like Deal or No Deal, I think there's some misplaced confidence in where the strategy lies. I think people really mm-hmm. think, hey, if I pick the right number, like that's it. I'm a big believer that this game is not rigged. So I don't think that any one number has any greater odds than any other. So get that out of the way. Anyway, there's two strategies when playing games of chicken. Uh, One has to deal with being, um, being credible in your threats, right? Like you're telling the other person, I will not swerve. And they have to believe you will not swerve. Uh, And if they don't believe you, then they're not going to swerve. And then you have a head on collision, right? Uh, yeah. The other thing you can do is signal your intent of what you're going to do. Uh, you could have some sort of secret code and that person would know it and they could use that to read. It's kind of like poker players, right? Like they've got to yeah. tell. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, how this comes to life in this game, you've got people signaling. They'll say, oh, like it was my you know, spouse's birthday on the 11th. I'm going to go case number 11. They build these grand narratives around these cases. Um, so that's that's one form of strategy for this game is you can then use that as a way to almost convince and lie to yourself to keep going because of your confidence in your case. So really, it's mm-hmm. a strategy to help you stay mentally prepared to go to the end. The other strategy, the credible threats, that's where your friends and family come in. So on the show, there's like this peanut gallery of everyone's like wackiest neighbors and aunts and uncles <laughs> and like you think about like your your worst coworkers. That's who you invite to this show for whatever reason. I've never <laughs> seen anyone have just like some you know chill friends there. It's always the craziest people. But they could back you up, and they could say, "No, he's going to go to the end. He's crazy." And uh, <laughs> that is your that is your credibility. Then mm-hmm. t- uh, telling the banker, "I don't care what your offer is. I'm going to keep going because the yeah. farther you go, theoretically, the higher the value could be, depending on what cases they're left." 
So uh, anyway, that's a bit about game theory. That's a bit about the structure of the show. <laughs> we got in the weeds. I told you we were going to. Um, no, no this is great. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep Fantastic. going. Fantastic. I want to hear more. So, all right. Now I, I want to talk about some of the, we get the mechanics. I want to talk about the personalities of this game a bit. The host, Howie Mandel. Are you, are you both familiar with Howie Mandel? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what do you all know about? Like paint, a, paint a picture a for your audience. Isn't he famously a germaphobe, or am I thinking of somebody else? He no, is. you're correct. He is. Yes. Okay. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So he's, he's bald. He's got great glasses. Oh. He's very charming. Yes. Uh, and uh-huh. you don't shake his hand unless he offers first. That's right. Uh, most of that is very correct. You definitely do not shake his <laughs> hand. He famously does not like shaking hands. You fist bump. But also on this show, it became sort of a trope where people would go and just try to touch him and hug him. And like, it was always oh. so like weird to watch. And America also didn't appreciate uh, any sort of like um, mental illness or, or just mm. preferences and boundaries, <laughs> that stuff. So yeah. the time capsule nature of the show is another reason why it's just outstanding. Um, because you can really <laughs> see how far we've come as a society in, in appreciation for some of... Uh, you know, those those human needs we all have that people yeah. just did not care about back then. Uh, so Howie Mandel, he started as a comedian um, yep. back in the 80s. He was in Gremlins. I don't know if you have any Gremlin fans in the house. Uh, but he, he voiced, yeah. I assume, one of the Gremlins. Uh, he got famous for doing this stand-up act where he would put a latex glove over his head and blow it yeah. up through his nose until it would pop. And that's how he got famous. <laughs> That was back in like the late 70s. So what? put yourself in a point in time where, uh, again, your audience wasn't quite as sophisticated yet. Dagny, there was, there was a time when prop comedy was really, really, really big. Um, it sounds Robin more Williams, like a A little bit of prop though. comedy. Uh, uh, what's his name? Banjo. Why is my brain broken? Steve Martin. Steve Martin, Steve Martin did prop comedy, was honestly a genius at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, uh, and Howie Mandel allegedly a... still has <laughs> one of the best shows in Vegas. Like, still to this day, people are like, "I don't know what to tell you." Carrot Top in Vegas is fantastic. So, and it's all you need comedy? a Carrot Top episode for this podcast. I would love a Carrot Top episode. <laughs> yes. Just a deep dive. We go to Vegas, record live in the Luxor. <laughs> Ooh, it smells like mold. <laughs> the pyramid itself is collapsing around us. We're like, ah, oh, the prop comedy is really funny though. <laughs> um. So oh, wow. Yeah, latex he, glove. he just was Wild. into the latex glove thing. He had to stop. His doctor told him he's going to like rupture his sinuses or something. And so he yeah. couldn't do that anymore. But luckily for him, he was already discovered, uh, I, I want to say by Letterman, um, mm. like er, like an early show that Letterman had, not when he's doing uh, the late show. Mm. Um, so anyway, he then is in this position where he's about to quit show business. He had this great career. He was on St. Elsewhere. He was doing all this other stuff. Uh, and the producers at NBC said, like, we need Howie Mandel for this show. And Howie's out. He's not into it. He sees one of the tapings from, um, whether it's Australia or in Europe, whoever it's, did it, it was, I looked it up. It was, it's Dutch. The original was Dutch. Oh, okay. we were all wrong. Excellent. Great. <laughs> He's in um, European. Nick's Europe. in European. So he was oh, yes, it is yes. Europe. Wow, wow. Yes, yeah, yeah, Nick, yeah. you were right. European. Keep it general. Yes. And I was you're like more right. likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More likely yeah. to hit it on. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so he, he's all in. So Howie now, you've got this, this kind of force of nature. Uh, he is not bald. That was the one thing that Billy was mistaken about. 
he shaved his head because he does not like germs so much. He he found that that oh. felt a little cleaner for his persona and just day to day life. Um, so anyway, he he's got Whoa. this iconic look, this iconic energy. Um, he is, I think, perfectly suited for this hosting gig. Um, yeah. I'll talk later to some of the idi- uh, idiosyncrasies and how that really brought the show to like the next level of I don't want to say cringe, I don't want to say uh, endearing personality. Um, so that's that's Howie, that's the host. You then have the models, and the models were also um, I, I think it, they're a big part of the show. I don't think they get enough credit um, because like the show would have been a bunch of floating briefcases otherwise. So you've got yes. 26 models who, who come in, they open the briefcase and they, they have like some good quippy one-liners with the contestants. Um, and there's this fun bit where like Howie has to really love them and they have to all really love Howie. And you can tell none of them do. And that is also so endearing. And I just love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some famous models. Uh, Meghan Markle was famously one of the, the deal or no deal models. Oh, yeah. Wow. We can talk about her a bit more later on as well. She, That's she did not love her chat. experience there. And we can touch on, uh, I have part of the narrative here, mm-hmm. some of the downfalls of the show. We'll yeah. save it for that section. Oh, wow. Billy's posting a, a photo with her with case number Look 24. Now, the models, they, they had the same case every episode they were on. Uh, That's there was what very I was going to so ask. Like, it was yeah. always so she the same always models? Been 24. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was just like whoever central casting, like, you're pretty. Like, you're going to be on this one. But it was always the same models. I obviously need to watch more episodes. I didn't realize. Every season had the same models. Some were multi-season models, but you at least okay. had a season commitment. And you would be the same number every episode which also then if you're thinking about like career placement and visibility that made a difference those who are more centrally located they had more exposure than potentially those on the edges also those who let's say number 11 how many people had lucky number 11 you were probably going to get picked first then you don't have much screen time anymore so there is some strategy Mm. for the models to pick like shit numbers so they could get more screen time uh oh nice 24 24. you're going to be on like the top corner People, yeah. when they go to knock out numbers, usually try to like stay centrally located and work their way out. So she mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, trying to get more, or not her trying to get more screen time, but she had a higher likelihood just given her placement to more screen time. So yeah. again, so, one Nick, of the reasons it's the best game oh, show ever is there's so many layers of games going on in this game. <laughs> All the mind games. Um, a real quick sidebar. you Have you seen the gag on 30 Rock where they make fun of Deal or No Deal? Yes, of course. Love it's Rock. one of my favorite stupid gags. What's it called? Gold Case. That's what it is. Deal or no <laughs> deal meets millionaire. And it's basically one of the models is holding a case filled with gold. And if you pick it, you oh, win. Do you, and then every time they cut and all the models are standing there, there's always one struggling not to collapse under the weight. <laughs> and they cancel it after one episode because five people win in a row. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's one of my the favorite game shows. They yeah. just because they it's they just cut their contestants going uh that one oh you won and they do the thing and then there's like by the fourth one he's like that one yeah you won all right what are we doing here like just... <laughs> the model who like can't hold up the like you know yes just arm shaking case. and she's trying to <laughs> hold it at the same height as all the other cases just cracks me up. Oh, good stuff. And I think that wow. touches on just the the cultural reach that Deal or No Deal had. Let's talk about that yeah. for a minute. Uh, oh yeah, had the huge references in in Thirty Rock. Uh, Saturday Night Live had like mm-hmm. tons of. Deal. I remember, I think it was Amy Poehler 
it had like a one-legged character who was also one of the models or they played on the model bit with like Rachel Dratch with like a baby head coming out of, or baby hand coming out of her head, like that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was everywhere. You had the games, the um, like probably PC games in that era. Um, yeah. Probably early mobile phone games, like yeah, uh, all of it. Uh, it. It just like, it was so far reaching. So when it aired, it, aired on NBC primetime, like your classic, they knew it was going to be big. By the second season, it was running three weeknights in primetime every week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then sometimes it bumped it to two hour blocks, still running three times a week. And that second hour would get more audience uh, or it would get more viewers just because if you had someone who was like kind of on a heater, everyone would like pick up their landline, call their friend and like, they would just get on and start watching it. Like it was just everywhere. Uh, this is a fun fact I just looked up. I did not know it ahead of time. Uh, second season, it went up against the NCAA final basketball game that year, and it beat it, which was like stupid. Oh, <laughs> a show that's on three nights a week, like every <laughs> week, and it still beat this game. Uh, the final episode of that season had its most viewers. Celine Dion satellite called in uh because it didn't have zoom it was all like satellite video yeah. calls uh 18 million or over 18 million viewers that's like half a Jeez. super Bowl for a show Jeez. that's on three times a week like every week oh my god <laughs> so it's just it was like uh, unbelievably huge and a game that that like the skill set is just knowing when to stop like like the best yeah. way to win a yes. million dollars is luck the best way to come out good is negotiation, but the only way to win a million dollars is really just luck. That's absolutely true. It's just luck. It's luck, and then the game of chicken component, that's your nerve. Mm-hmm. So you are not negotiating with the banker. There's no, right. like, you know, haggling. There's no back and forth. You are you are betting that you have, like, nerves of steel enough to keep going. So, like, some of my favorite episodes... It's it's just that. It's people who just keep pushing. They get to their case. There's nothing more satisfying. This is like a poptimist thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nothing nothing happier than someone who's so committed. And they have like a really high number in their case at the end. Like whenever yeah. you, there was like a couple handfuls of million dollar case winners. It was amazing when that happened. Equally as amazing is maybe there's a contestant <laughs> who you kind of don't like feel that much. Like you, you had some pretty like douchey characters on there. It kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. And when they just power through to the end, they get rid of like life-changing offer after life-changing offer. <laughs> they have like 10 bucks in the case. And that just oh. feels great. And yeah. then there's the really dark side <laughs> of life where you have like the grandma who like is going to get kicked out of her house <laughs> and she makes it so far. And she also has like 10 bucks in her case. Oh, and it's just no. like, it's hard to watch sometimes, but that's the human experience. And that's another yeah. reason why this is one of the best game shows. It's because you really feel the emotion that people have. Again, it's it's the one one of only two game shows ever where you can change your whole life based on a choice. It's not about yeah. how many questions you answer correctly or points you've accumulated. It is really about if given the choice, are you gonna are you gonna take the deal or say no deal? A similar show would be Love Connection in the seventies, where you had like you know Mystery <laughs> Man one, two, or three, depending on who you chose, that could change your life. That is the second best game show of all time. Uh, but the best game show the, of what, all the, time. The dating no game? Or, oh, yeah, Love Connection. Love Connection? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, how uh, do you remember? It's remind that idea me... of fate. 
Um, for deal or no deal, you or do some of the cases have negative, like you lose money by certain cases? Is that no? How do you lose money? Uh, you can't lose money. Um, oh, you're just picking a new suitcase. Yes, that's right. Got In it. Jeopardy, you can lose money. That's one of the few game shows I know where you can lose money. I still think they zero you out at the end, but at least it's like mm-hmm. stressful in the middle of it when you've got like negative ten thousand yeah. dollars. Uh, deal or no deal, it's it's a penny up to a million and twenty six yeah. intervals in between. Except for on some very special episodes. So I believe it's the third season. They would do uh they started with two million dollar values and then they upped it to three million dollar values. Then they started having half the board would be a million. And you would oh think they'd God. just be giving money away left and right. But it ended up being about the same uh, payout uh, on average per episode, which I think oh. is kind of interesting. Well, I, I don't really have an explanation for it. Well, people would want to keep the case they picked. And I think – is that do you find that's the case in, in most episodes, that people want to keep the case they picked? Whereas yes. statistically, you are more likely to make money by changing your mind because there are then so, – it's. I mean it's the Monty Hall number conundrum. It's the Monty Hall number. It's, yeah, like if, if what you want to do is pick a case and then hope you have a high number from the, the banker and take it because you're more likely to do that or like or to switch your case, whatever it is. But it's the odds are better in your favor to do that than to have guessed correctly one out of 26 at the very beginning. Yeah. So I've I've done extensive research on that because that Monty Hall problem uh, also relevant in game theory and just messes me up. It's such a, a mind. I love it so much. Yeah. Thing. So it, it's yeah. It, I hate it, and uh, <laughs> but I love it. But <laughs> Demi, uh, do you know the Monty Hall number? I don't I don't? Monty Hall was the host of Let's Make a Deal. Let's Make a Deal, the third okay. best game show on television. <laughs> we're, we're just ranking them as we go. I love Let's Make a Deal. A uh, friend of the pod, Kevin Keeling. Uh, one time went on Let's Make a Deal with Wayne Brady and won a shuffleboard and a really big flat screen TV that was way too big for the apartment I was living with him at, at the time. <laughs> it took up so much of the living room. It was like uh, like you were watching it like against the wall. I loved it. <laughs> but So the money hall problem, Dagny, is, okay, there's three doors. One, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Pick a door. Uh, me right now? Uh, yeah. Uh, three. Okay, so... We are now going to get rid of door number two. So now it's just between door number one and door number three. Do you want to keep the door you picked or do you want to swap? Mm, my first instinct is to keep my door, but you, you're saying you have better luck switching to the new door. Right, because if you're guessing one, two, or three, then you have like a 33% chance of guessing correctly. Yeah. But now that they got rid of number two, you're more it's more likely that number one's the correct one because you would you know see what i'm saying because the, the math works out because <laughs> you're now only choosing between two doors but your first choice was had less odds than if you swap and okay. so the theory is the theory is basically you should always swap. take the door that they recommend Okay. Because, you know, I know one they would like open door number two. And we're like, we're going to get rid of door number two. Oh, it's a bunch of manure. And so you're like, <laughs> okay. Well, that means they're keeping either, I already picked the good one, or more likely the one left is the good one because they're not going to show me. And it's very theoretical. Is, it, it essentially yes. has these magic numbers and it says, like, okay, your door that you have now had a 33% chance. So if you pick the other one, that one's magically at 50. So you're switching something 50 that was 33. Um, yeah, 
Okay. And I call it magic because I'm not good at math. And math oh, yeah, is well, magic. It, and it also like works at a much higher like if there's more than three choices, it still works and works even better. Like oh well that's that's the way to visualize it. So Dagny, imagine there's mm -hmm. twenty-five doors. Yeah. And you pick door number two. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, now do you want to pick door number two or do you want door number seventeen? Ah, uh, I want You're door like, number twelve. Oh. No, the, no, that one's already opened. You can only now pick between oh. the door you picked and number 17. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, 17. And you're like, yeah, you're like that. But when it's down, basically when it's down to just three, it's the same odds. I see. This got nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's and interesting. What I love I like about that. that is, like, from a practical application, I, like, I, I'm not convinced that's true. Like, at the end of a dealer <laughs> nerdy, like, you, you can certainly switch your case. And I think from like a very theoretical like statistics uh, perspective, like yes, sure. But like, then when you're actually like making this choice, like mm -hmm. you know, it's not like this is a multi-round thing in reality. This really is still the first choice you had, and another option that could have been picked at your first choice point in the game. Again, I'm not that good at math. I could be off base on this, but. No, uh, it's people not, it did sounds switch right. here and there, but really they like to ride or die with their case. Yes. Okay. But mm -hmm. they get to, so they don't see what amount is in their case when they pick it, or do they? No, no. absolutely not. No, it's closed. That's and then, that's okay. the premise that they they don't know. So when the banker makes an offer, um, you do not know if your case is worth more or less than what the banker is going to offer you. So oh. that's what makes the banker's offer so appealing because it's getting to the part of your brain that's doubting yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the banker. Okay, that makes that makes sense. You don't see the amount. I really need to go back and watch this. And I have Samsung TV, and I plan on turning it on after this to watch yeah, some yeah. episodes. Um, it's the best. It's it's all the time. <laughs> I'll have to I also tell need you. To say, I do not work for Samsung. I've got no Samsung affiliation at this point. So. <laughs> This is just my, my pure love of what they have built as a superior yeah. uh, entertainment platform. I always have uh, the Movie Hub one, and I had a a theory. I'll say this very quickly just because I, I don't want to get too sidetracked. But Samsung TV has Movie Hub where it's just random movies. And when I first got my TV, I swear to God, I never knew what movie it was. I was like, this is not a real movie. But one night, mom and dad, you're not listening. I was a little stoned. And <laughs> there was um, an episode, or not an episode. Um, in the same day, there was a movie that had Woody Harrelson and a movie that had Matthew McConaughey, two separate movies. And like the day before I had finished True Detective season one, and I looked at John and I was like, what if the movie hub is like a TikTok algorithm for us where it picks out genres of TV shows and <laughs> actors that you like and just makes a movie that they're like, you like Tina Fey, you like true crime here's tina fey in a true crime movie um anyway so that's what i was convinced the movie hub was when i was a little stoned but now there's been it's like, like the, the dolly of movies that can mm -hmm. like render the ai this. generated like yes yes, yes. <laughs> yeah i don't um, want to put yeah, people out of work here but ai generated movies could be good or they could yeah, be awful or they it, could kill us all but it's true uh, um but uh, i feel I'm like maybe in the way. future maybe in the future there will be generated movies just by what kind of content you consume anyway back to <laughs> um deal or no deal um um what were we talking about oh the cases i think i interrupted you nick well we i were, guess we i were want to say is this movie or this movie is this show still airing 
That is a great question. So it is unfortunately not still airing. So this had a first run of 2005 to 2009. And then it came back uh, for like a holiday special on NBC in 2018. It was a hit, obviously. Like people were ready for it again. Similar circumstances, right? Like this came back in 2018. What happened leading up to 2018? You had Trump elected who Mm -hmm. like people Mm -hmm. did not see this coming. This was a surprise event for most. Um, Very jarring. It also shined a light on maybe a, a layer of stupidity in the U.S. that we kind of really <laughs> grappled with or realized. Uh, very yep. similar parallels to the first launch of Deal or No Deal. So mm-hmm. they then picked it up on CNBC, uh, which is a Got business it. channel, part of the NBC network. Uh, and it ran for like six months, something like that. Um, okay. And that, that was the last time that mm-hmm. it was on air. Were the new episodes as good as the old ones, or was it not the same feeling? I would say it was as good as the old ones. They had the okay. same uh, same set, the same. The nostalgia was there. It was all great. And like, if you remember, like pre-pandemic, early Trump era, it felt like we were in the early two thousands again. Stuff got really yeah. weird oh, yeah. for a while. Oh, so absolutely. just like the time capsuleness of all of it, like it, it couldn't have come. I don't want to say at a better time. This was a bad time, but it really fit the moment. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so that was the last time it was on but I, I will say the, the thing that I missed during the new run are the special episodes and those got so wacky um, they had they had like spring break themed episode like think of like the vibe of like the American Pie movies in the early 2000s they like mm-hmm. had the set transformed into a spring break version of that which like was very bizarre they had like a foam party all along like the stage and everything or like people were in bikinis just like dancing and like bouncing around volleyballs and not in a way that was like really like uh objectifying it was more in like a sloppy kind of a way yeah yeah. it was just like why was this on prime time like a network television event it was great. They had Christmas episodes where they put some of the models on ice skates who did not know how to ice skate. <laughs> oh, no. That was amazing. They were talking about like the gifts that everyone in the audience was getting, like their handy cams and their CD players. And yeah. again, like the, the nostalgia was beautiful. Um, but my favorite <laughs> special episode, they had a contestant, who, or I'm sorry, I've got two favorites. <laughs> my second favorite, they had a contestant who um, was afraid of styrofoam and they just said it at the beginning of the episode. So you just think that's kind of weird. Why would you mention that? Later in the episode, they hung them on a wire, had them like (laughs) padded with styrofoam to then drop them into a pit of styrofoam balls. And it was, again, an example of people just didn't know how to respect boundaries or mental illness or anything in the U.S. (laughs) And uh, it it was truly... uh, like an event what? that I had never seen anything like. What was he? Uh, was was if was there money involved? Was what was the what was no. he trying? To, it was just funny. It was just funny. Yeah, they took a little bit of time out of the, the game to drop him into this foam pit. Uh, it was not about like an extra deal or anything. They just like did it. This was at its its wow. peak of popularity, and I think it got to their heads a little bit. They could do whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. So yeah. speaking of the height of popularity, this is my favorite episode. Um, so, uh, maybe season two, maybe season three, they had an episode for breast cancer awareness slash breast cancer survivors. It was like wonderful. Everyone in the audience, um, was either a 
survivor or knew someone who was um, or someone mm -hmm. impacted by breast cancer. Um, they wore pink shirts. It was wonderful. The contestant was a survivor herself, and she had some celebrity support. She had um, Sharon Osbourne next to her, uh, nice. just yes. like just talking her into like not making any deal. Like Sharon Osbourne did not understand the concept of money uh, that this like very <laughs> Midwestern struggling to pay the bills person like had going on. Uh, mm -hmm. She was a bad influence. Um, you then <laughs> had uh, to satellite in um, who are also part of like the peanut gallery, Alec Baldwin, who is like what? fresh off of his uh, notorious voicemails to his daughter. This was part of his like rehabilitation tour. Oh, um, wow. Um, I just re he, I recently listened to those again. Um, they came they're back. Rough. Up. They're fucked up, but she. I think yeah. she's. I don't know. She got him back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a third person. This third person. Um, this is getting a little uh, like in the weeds on a political side. Uh, John Edwards. He was a like rising <laughs> darling in, <laughs> in the Democratic Party. Um, he he had a wife who she was the one who was. Uh, satellite calling in who was also a survivor of breast cancer and like very shortly after all of that happened he was on a campaign trail it turned out that he was cheating on her while she was going through cancer and she then died um yes. and all oh this kind of and he just was awful about it like just a scumbag so you watch this episode now and you've got to recap sharon osborne al baldwin <laughs> and john Richard's <laughs> wife um, all telling this poor woman who like has these medical bills to not take the deal. Oh my god! <laughs> not funny. It sounds like a fever dream. Like I was watching yeah. this, and I had the, like my wife was next to me, and I'm like, "Is are you seeing this too? Like what is <laughs> what is happening here?" Um, and it's just it's wow. those moments again, the time capsule nature of this show, the the idea that people just they see themselves as millionaires. Like I don't know if you all play Powerball. Yes. I hardly ever do, but I just did last week because it was like $1.9 billion. As yes. soon as I bought this ticket, my lifestyle in my mind was drastically different. I was picking <laughs> oh. how much money my family and friends were going to get, which friends <laughs> would not get a dime, uh, like how many boats <laughs> I was going to get, like all of it. Uh, like how many charities I would also support. Um, but, like, <laughs> like that's that's the mindset every contestant was in every episode yes. three times yeah. a week. I mean that's that's uh, an American mindset. Beautiful. I mean we just had yes. California just had a lottery that was over a billion dollars, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. in the meantime we had a ballot measure at the election that was like should we raise taxes on individuals who make more than two million dollars a year to help combat climate change. And it lost by a lot. And I just want to go to everyone who voted against it to be like, you really think that sometime in the next five years, you're going to be making $2 million a year. That's why you, you like, <laughs> that's the reason things like that fail. Cause people are like, I am one good day away from being affected by this tax. And it's like, <laughs> no, you're not <laughs> like, but and maybe. That's like, I think oh, where the wild. endearing part of this show came in, you had people who would think like $50,000, that's not a million dollars, but that's mm -hmm. at that for amount. that individual, especially putting yourself in the early 2000s, like $50,000 was certainly different then than it is now. Like that was yeah. life-changing money for a lot of people today and especially a lot of people then. And mm -hmm. they would like be so happy about that. But yeah. then they would make them keep opening like what they would have chosen if they were to keep playing. Yes. And like mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, that person had like 500,000 in the case or a million in the case. So oh you're like so happy that they did something that was like truly wonderful for them in their life and their family. 
but then you had to make like make them watch as like what that fantasy could have been would have been oh wow (laughs) it's it's just the greatest Nick, I got to say, at the beginning, I initially jumped in very passionately and said, I don't agree with you. But now that I'm thinking about it, I can't think of a different game show that I think is superior. Um, yeah, because this, this I immediately takes you was up like, to be a millionaire game show network. Easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, my the only other one that's like that sensational, like you said, who wants to be a, a millionaire? But I mean, deal or no deal. It's, yeah, it's got it all. It's very fun. Of You don't have to have a skill to do it. And, there's high anticipation the whole time. Yeah, you might be right. It might be the best. It is the most show like, democratic show I can think of. It is. It is true <laughs> for any education level, any person at any stage of life, um, yeah. and they all have the same chance of like changing their lives. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's beautiful. Um, I'm going to use this moment to also just quickly plug like that mindset of I can be a millionaire tomorrow. Like if you have the chance to help do something about climate change, like still do it even if you're not a millionaire. So I just wanted to. <laughs> Take that opportunity Thank while it's you. front of mind. Thank you, Billy. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Hey, you know, we're all devastated here, sitting here in the aftermath of the red tsunami, um, just <laughs> completely <laughs> demoralized. Bloodbath, uh, indeed. It's devastating. Yep. You really brought in some really good research. I, I did do some great research, and I've seen yeah. the episodes I'm about to talk to you about, um, I, I've seen several times through, and they are... They are just some of the best episodes of the show. I'd recommend people look them up, probably on YouTube. I don't know where else you would go to do it. Or <laughs> Samsung TV. TV. Samsung TV. <laughs> I hope you type yes. it. So Deal or No Deal did a world tour. Uh, and this was one of the later seasons <laughs> in the first round, I'd imagine, because it was like not that great. Um, but it was, it was truly fantastic still. So they went to three um, countries <laughs> to do this show. And when they were there... Um, these were countries that Deal or No Deal had its own like version of within these countries. Yeah. But how we still came, the host of the hosting country would be on the set, but not really be that involved. And all the contestants <laughs> were Americans. They would fly in to be like the contestants. In this what was the, the point then? <laughs> I don't understand. Exactly. So, a soundstage is a soundstage is a soundstage. Yeah. That's right. So <laughs> they did three countries. They did um, South Africa. They did um, Estonia, and then they did the Philippines. And I just could not think of, like, pick three countries out of a hat and just Yeah. <laughs> That's really what that sounds like. And it, what I loved about it is, like, I, I assume I've got – I know Billy's a 30 Rock fan. I assume Dagny is as well. Yeah, you yeah. know when um, they go to Stone Mountain and everything is just, like, a little different there? That, yes. Yes, that is how it felt. For example, when you don't make a deal, you close the glass case over the button. Well, in Estonia, they've got like a big like box that you put over the button instead. Um, okay. That would always fall off the table anytime anyone tried to move <laughs> it. It was great. Um, <laughs> they have in the Philippines, the models have like good luck or bad luck associated with them. So the audience would like boo anytime one of the models was chosen because she was like notoriously bad luck for the contestants. So like you had some cool variations, some cooler yeah. than others. My favorite, this is like the build up here. My favorite part about the Philippines version, the host, I have her name written down because I did not want to get it wrong. Um, The host of the Philippines version is Chris Aquino. I believe I'm saying that name probably incorrectly. 
Um, but she is like a, a media and TV personality there. She is the daughter of the former president of the Philippines who led the revolution oh, wow. against the Marcos family and helped overthrow that, like, you know, uh, tyrannical government. Uh, so you have this like, truly like child of the revolution whose parents were, <laughs> her father was a senator who was assassinated, like just this very like tied in political family. Um, and she then is this game show host on the international version of Deal or No Deal. Uh, and you just, it, it's amazing how small of a world some of these things are. And you think about, yeah. again, today in America, like what what game show do we need any child of a politician? That, like I assume Bernie Sanders has some like great grandkids who might be in their <laughs> 20s or 30s who could probably host a good game show. Uh, yeah. So maybe, maybe that's our future of this country is who's going to, uh, you know, be so wildly successful in the age of politics that their offspring can then host game shows. That's what I hope for. Wait, I mean, Kellyanne Conway's Baron daughter, Kellyanne Conway's, oh, daughter, Conway's daughter, Claudia, is a star. she is very funny on TikTok and I hates hear. her mother, famously hates her mother. Um, yes. But I, I think yeah, someone wow. should check in our check in on her as well. From what I hear, I, I hope she's yes. doing well. Yeah, I, yeah. She, I haven't seen her I, on TikTok all of the, recently. Uh, the it's photos been a long of time. Tiffany's Trump, Tiffany Trump's wedding have come out. And uh-huh. Baron Trump has shot up. He is now taller than Trump by about six or seven inches. Oh, right. no. the, I saw a comment that said that said Baron Trump is the new cousin Greg, if you've seen Succession. And in all the photos, <laughs> yes. he's just like younger than everyone, taller than everyone, and just kind of like he's just there. And I was like, that's what he looks like. Yeah, he's the oh, new cousin wow. Greg. He cracks me up. I gotta go uh, look that up. He would also say Baron but maybe, yeah, maybe Baron Trump could, like, chillax and uh, uh, start hosting game shows. I'd watch That'd be cool. Who Wants to Be the Baron. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I love that. That writes itself. Yeah. Oh, man. Are there any, yeah. other than Family Feud, what game shows are going on right now? Uh, there's a couple that are, they show some promise. Uh, LeBron James, I think, sponsors a show, or, like, is the producer of a show called The Wall. And he, like, dropped this ball. That it's like um, it's like a big it's like, like a, a pachinko machine, game. right? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yes. Oh, okay. So that's one of them. Um, Back to be during honest, COVID, I, I've just been on Deal or No Deal, and that's that's yeah. been about it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's still happening, but back in 2020, and it was full COVID, it was crazy being on a set. But the fiance and I did final dress rehearsal of the oh, right. uh, reboot of Supermarket Sweep. Um, so we Ooh. got to be there for Leslie Jones's final rehearsal and we ran the game like it was a real show. And honestly, I'm upset that it wasn't a real show because if it was a real show, we would have won $25,000 because we won. We won. Damn. We didn't win $100,000. That was the grand prize. But we got we did very well in the final sweep. Um, and I also don't know if you guys don't know my fiance, but he's a bigger guy. And he went and did the shopping cart race because it was a childhood dream. And I will never forget. <laughs> standing there and being like he's taken a while like these like these other two teams had already returned their carts and i was like i was like i don't i was like we got to get a second cart so we can get all this money and he comes around the corner in such a speed that he has to throw his whole body weight (laughs) into the cart to keep it like to make the turn and he has three yeti coolers and like two full-size rack of ribs like this car shopping cart must have been like 200 300 pounds and he like throws it into me and i like barely catch it and send him the new cart i don't never forget that just be like oh that's 
Why? We had so much more money than the other two carts. We kicked their butt. The Yeti cooler was a good move. Hell yeah. Those are expensive. Three three Yeti coolers and two full-size frozen rack of ribs. Damn. That he just picked up and dropped in the cart <laughs> and then threw at me. <laughs> For no money. For a dress rehearsal. We got yeah. paid a non-union day rate. <laughs> You guys really went all out for nothing. It was so much fun. <laughs> but did you great. feel like you were millionaires in your head while playing the game? Yeah, were you planning the future? Yeah, we just felt yeah. the well. The other people doing the dress rehearsal, they, they said things like, "Oh yeah, we we sign up for these all the time. We love doing like fake run-throughs of game shows, and we're good at it. So like, it was nice to beat." Sounds them. fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, testing game shows sounds like a really fun gig to do. Does, yeah. 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 The stakes are so low, but you get to, but then like you, if you do really well, and if you had done that on the actual show and you got to walk away with all that money, what well, could have been? Wow. And they didn't even let you keep yeah. those cute sweatshirts that they gave you. The cute sweatshirts. But I will also cherish the fact that they asked us to pick, name our favorite food. And that would be our team name. And we couldn't decide what to do, but we had had like Chinese dumplings the nights before. So we said <laughs> dumplings, which the whole time leslie jones was going dumplings dumplings like chasing us around <laughs> calling us dumplings uh and it was amazing <laughs> it's very fun oh man well maybe we need game shows i i feel like there are does, didn't ellen have like a whole channel that was game shows uh, well and, and covid got us a lot of really lazy kind of bad game shows yes oh. Okay. COVID gave us some bad game shows. COVID gave us the reboot of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and uh, that was kind of cool. But it, it like, had, I think Jimmy Kimmel hosted, and then it aired like late March and was done by early April. And yeah, I think yeah. that was Very back quick. when we were kidding ourselves we'd be home for two weeks and then do yeah, or Who Wants yeah. to Be a Millionaire ended. And I'm like, well, my office is still closed, so I need more game shows. <laughs> um, need more game shows. Um, dang. Well, Nick, you got to come back to LA, work at Game Show Network again, if it's even around. I don't even know if they're still. Are they it's still, still around? Uh, I would imagine they're they're part of Sony, and mm. I think Sony's still doing well these days. So I'd assume Game Game Show Network's yeah. on. Like I've got it on my cable package. Yeah. No, it's, oh, it's okay. still around. Okay. Nice. Uh-huh. Well, we need uh, in general just deal or no deal should come back somehow someday. I agree. Back. Russian roulette. I like watching strangers <laughs> fall through a hole in the floor. Fall through the floor. It was a, a good show. Format. <laughs> well, yeah. I, but then maybe it is that maybe we're not in the right time for game shows because we just had that reboot of Legend of the Hidden Temple and I don't think it was very popular. They did like, or has it not aired yet? Oh. Am I an idiot? I didn't even know they were doing that. They were, yeah, and they were going to have adults compete because people have been wanting to be on that show forever. Yeah, it was I want to be on that show. show. I really uh, have a, a theory about like the fragmented nature of viewing habits and the impact that's had on game shows. Uh, mm. I think that a show like that would have done so much better like 10 years ago. I just think yeah. now like cord cutters, Netflix is raising prices, kicking families off their joint plant. Like no one's going to be watching the yeah. same thing anymore. So I, I think it's prime time to bring back the nostalgia factor to bring people together again. Deal yeah. or no deal. Yeah. The deal best no game deal. show of all time. <laughs> Well, you heard it here, folks. Yeah, I, I'll agree deal with you because no I can't. I don't have a something to like fight is better than that. Honestly, if you got a hot take, email us at poptimistpod at gmail dot com. <laughs> Tell us what you think the greatest game show of all time is and why it is Deal or No Deal. Um, <laughs> Wheel of Fortune found dead. Um, I love Wheel of Fortune. Though. <laughs> I do too. Uh, yeah. Can I tell you one of the one of the best things that happened on the most recent season of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars? was they had a challenge 
that was Night of a Thousand Vannas, and they had to dress like Vanna White. Yeah. But what they didn't tell them was that Vanna White was there, standing at the end of the runway. Mm-hmm. So they came around the corner dressed as Vanna, and they start doing the walk, and then they see her, and they're like, like one of them went, fuck! Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, but then also really like, uh, a couple of them went full <laughs> 90s Vanna, and that was my favorite. They came out like a really 90s overly sequined gown, te- hair that's teased a little too much, and I was like, this is, Vanna White is an icon, honestly. Like, Yeah. Oh, I yeah. wanted to be I wanted to be Vanna White when I was a kid. She was my favorite. I didn't know Pat Sajak's name, but I knew I knew Vanna White could Vanna uh, White? spin a spin a tile. My great grandfather uh, thought he was dating Vanna White for a little bit. They like <laughs> were at the same country club or something. Like he was this old retired guy who just golfed mm-hmm. all the time and did that thing. Um, so I grew up thinking like, oh, Vanna White, like she might be my great grandma one day. Uh, it turned out he just <laughs> I love that just was making that up in his head um, but did you all see I think it was last year Pat Sajak was having surgery or something he was out for a week so Vanna stepped in the host it was so oh, nice I loved really? it really? I didn't oh, know that yes I'm, I'm so happy that that was your takeaway and your experience I was rooting for her so much and like my wife and I like we love Wheel of Fortune we were so excited like yes finally like give her the chance um, and I'm glad she connected with you. That is great. Uh, Do you no, not agree? No, <laughs> trying to stay optimistic. Stay there optimistic. Was, oh, trying to stay positive. Kenny, there's a reason it, that he came back and she doesn't do it anymore. But I just got like it. seeing it. It's nice that she got the chance, you know. I agree. She's yeah. been there for so long. I was long. rooting for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she's well, still spinning tiles, right? She's still doing it? Well, she's the touch screen now. Tiles. But yeah. Oh, she is? Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, she just goes, she just touches it now elegantly, perfectly, yeah. with her perfect hands and her perfect dresses. Yes. Um, weird, weird, weird to have a <laughs> childhood crush on Vanna White. Um, <laughs> well, Nick, here on Poptimus, we like to wrap up our show with a game. And it's the little game we call What a Pitch. And What a Pitch is where we ask you to give Dagny and I a prompt, and we'll each have 30 seconds to pitch you a project. Uh, and then you pick a winner. And if All you're right. feeling confident and optimistic i think we can go and i do not know who goes first because i should just write it down and i don't you go first all right get out of here dagny okay i'm muting myself or not muting myself muting my headphones she's lying she's cheating no i'm kidding i was gonna say yeah i trust her okay (laughs) (laughs) dagny how are those knees okay now she's muted she's that's a a thing i I gave her a hard time as a kid so she's definitely off um (laughs) what do you got for me all right. Uh, Billy, I want to know uh, your game show pitch. If you were to pitch a Billy original, what would it look like? Okay, listen, I knew this was coming, and I've been thinking about yes. it. And I cannot I cannot express to you how much I would just reboot Russian Roulette, but make it stupider. Like, <laughs> so, uh, uh, but I, it would be like, it, I, I like trivia games. I understand we just talked about Deal or No Deal. Let me start my 30-second timer. We talked about Deal or No Deal not having trivia and that being a plus side, but I like trivia games. It's six contestants standing on trapdoors, and there's a countdown timer, uh, and it's like 60 seconds, and they have to answer trivia questions in a circle. And for everyone you get right, you win money, which is why people want to keep going. But uh, uh, if you get it wrong, maybe there's like a two or three strike system. But the big thing you got to worry about is if the question is on you when the timer runs out, the, pl- the trapdoor opens, you disappear Mortal Kombat style onto some spikes, that's a foam pit, uh, and you're dropped out of the arena, and last man standing is the one who wins the money. That's my pitch. I had a, this, this, the trapdoor.
thing had a big impact on me as a kid. I, I thought it tell. was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. It's very funny. As a, a big fan of like physical humor and like pranks yeah. and like I mean the whole Jackass crew is super inspirational. I, I picture that as like if Johnny Knoxville made a game show, it would be Russian yes. Roulette. Yeah. Well, and just and just like every once in a while, someone will like make a noise, but they also were smart enough to like mute the mic as they were falling. So sometimes you just hear a <laughs> like a little and then they're gone. And then the door closes back up. And they're like, oh, thanks for playing. And you never see that person again. All I right. We'll bring, so dystopian. we'll bring Dagny back. You're right. Come on back, Dagny. Hello. So I knew you had actually muted your headphones because I asked if your knees were okay and you didn't react. Rude. Okay. <laughs> Do we need to explain this to Nick or the audience? Once upon a time, <laughs> one time, one time as a child, Dagny, and I have to express this enough, one time was standing in front of the mirror and said, my knees look weird. Something like that. Or like, I don't like my knees. Just one thing, one time when she was like 12 years old. And now 15, 20 years later, I am still being like, oh, your knees are fucking ugly because I'm the big brother and I'm an asshole. This is carried over to other people though. I'll be like, does this outfit look okay? And they're like, yeah, except your knees. And it's like more people than just my family. But my parents do it too. They think it's so fucking funny. It is funny. Maggie, it is funny. Someone who's seen you in person two times, um, <laughs> your knees are noticeable. Yeah, I know. They're weird. <laughs> they're weird knees. I know. I know. What can I do? <laughs> Just knees. <laughs> All right. Let's give Dagny the pitch and give her 30 seconds on the clock. All right, Dagny. Uh, Which is a game show. Is, yeah. Uh, pitch me a game okay. show. Give me the Dagny original. Okay. Billy, did you do Russian roulette? he did fuck that's where my mind went first but now i feel like i need give me like two seconds i had a feeling i saw your hands do something that looked like something i was like oh no he's talking about something fuck okay what could i do instead i'm gonna do russian roulette but um i don't know what your spin on it was there has to be some sort of spin um if we could make it russian roulette but also musical chairs at the same time so it's kind of like wipeout <laughs> so they have to run from the eight spots they have to just run in circles while music's playing um but maybe there's obstacles as well maybe it is like wipeout meets russian roulette so they're having to dodge these things flying at them these like foam pads that go in circles um but when the music stops you have to land on a circle and if you drop out then you you lose it's really dumb and it takes no brain power whatsoever which is kind of like deal or no deal you can just pick um anyway i don't know what billy's russian roulette was but that's going to be mine is musical chairs mixed russian roulette (laughs) i love it I got to say, both of your, like, I'd watch both of your shows. Both of your variations <laughs> of Russian Roulette would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Russian Roulette, really, we watched that a lot. Like, maybe I more than anybody I else. I don't know why I loved it so much, other than just great. the comedy of people falling through the floor. Yeah. And going, well, no way. <laughs> Give me a sec. Yeah. Dang. Well, Nick, yeah. you got to decide which Russian Roulette you like better. <laughs> Uh, I, I like both a lot. I'll just start with that. Um, but I, I do have a winner. And Dagny, your variation of that just to me seems so diabolical because you've, <laughs> you've so mad. proven. You, you've been able to go through this obstacle course. You've cheated death. You get to mm-hmm. the end. And then like, oh, sorry. And you like, called your, <laughs> you know, quote unquote death. Uh, there's something that yeah. would just be so satisfying watching that as a viewer, knowing that like, yeah. oh, they think they're in the clear. And they're not. Never safe. Like, that would just be... 
Never uh, say. I, would, I, I personally tri- love it. Hosted by Nicole I Byer. Added trivia. <laughs> I added no, honestly, Nicole should host it. I added yeah. trivia to mine, and I even said, oh. like, I know this is making it more complicated, and we talked about how it, the stupidity oh. makes it better, and then you came in and were like, it's just an obstacle course. <laughs> Make it more stupid. stupid. More stupid. I was like, she's winning. Yes. She's winning. God damn it. And here's, here's also why I think, you know, Billy, I think yours would have worked in a different era, but look, I'm all about, like, yeah. let's take cues from where we're at in the world, right? Like, if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's people are just dumb. And I, I yeah. think that we're not ready for trivia yet. We need to we need to make our game shows really dumb again. Yeah. But like I like the complexity though. That's nice. And a good reflection of our world. We think we're doing everything right and then bam, we fall through <laughs> a hole. So yeah. uh, I I love it. It's escapist <laughs> with like a mirror to ourselves. Uh, I'm honored. Got, I'm got layers. Congratulations, Dagny. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> it was funny. Man. Great job. Thank you. Russian roulette. I'm going to go pull what up did... clips of Russian roulette on, roulette on YouTube <laughs> after this and have to explain to my fiance what I'm watching. Unless he comes out and he goes, oh, I love this show, which is also a possibility. Could be. I feel like more people watch the Game Show Network than I realize because well, sometimes I, I bring also, it up. I liked gimmicks. I liked gimmicks because the the Whammy reboot from like 2002 or whatever. So it was like instead of just whammies on the board, it was like when they hit the whammies, it was like, oh, and the whammy got covered in slimes and they like dropped slime on them. Or it would <laughs> yeah. be like. There was like a trapdoor involved in that too. I really liked just fucking with just people. Trapdoors. <laughs> honestly, honestly, one of the all-time greats is Nickelodeon's Figure It Out, mm-hmm. where yes. they had like ca- the cast members of all that, and if they got the, th- it was basically just uh, categories or not even that. It was just fill in the blank, and if they got it wrong, yeah. they got slimed. Iconic, iconic. <laughs> the simpler, the better. It seems with these game shows, and yeah. Deal or no and, deal. And just a little sidebar because we were talking about all that and and uh, figure it out. Mm-hmm. Keenan Thompson is like the comedic voice of our generation, and I think we should give him more credit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> He's I, never going to leave. That. I completely agree. Uh, <laughs> I feel like he made success is like 80% showing up. That's the quote. <laughs> Keenan Thompson has proven that to be true time up. and time again. Yeah. yeah. And all, all I ask is that if he finally ever does decide to leave SNL, <laughs> to do a sketch where he is in a raincoat in Paris in a bathtub and just do, I don't know if they could do that because it was all that, but if he could do his stupid all that where he has this horrible French accent and just <laughs> treats you French in the bath, I I would give him a, like the United States Medal of Freedom. Like he should be. <laughs> I didn't know how much I needed that, but now I need that so much. Yeah. That is the only yeah. appropriate yeah. send off for Keenan. I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> well, blast from the past. Keenan Thompson. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if he'll ever well, leave SNL. But um, yeah, we talked for a while. This was a fun little chat. We did. This was fun. Yeah. Um, Nick Brown, this before we wrap up, uh, do you have anything yeah. you'd like to plug or anything else you'd like to say over the airwaves? Like this is a real radio show and not a podcast? <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm honored to even be considered. Uh, no. <laughs> great. No. That's awesome. Well, the, honestly, great episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks mm-hmm. for talking about game shows. Thank and, you for uh, having me. Thank uh, you for giving me the soapbox to spiel about the greatest this is great. of all time, Deal or No Deal. Yes. That's what we're here um, for. And before Dagny takes us out, we are going to be off next week for Thanksgiving, but also Billy's Big Night Out is next week because I couldn't reschedule it, so it's the same week as Thanksgiving, so come to my comedy show in Sherman Oaks. Um, uh, but we will probably do a re-release of a Thanksgiving-themed episode, and then we'll <laughs> see you in December. Yes, indeed. Nick, if you don't know of this episode, you should listen to it. My Our friend came on the podcast and his take was the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and it was so out of left field and just 
such a fun time. But yeah, we're gonna actually. It for that's the weirdest synchronicity we've had is that he was on the show. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. talked about the Macy Thanksgiving Day Parade, and I talked about the time Barney exploded, like like the Barney <laughs> balloon popped. The next week, we had our friend Ryan on, and Ryan was like, I have to tell you, when I was eight years old, I went to New York, and Barney popped right in front of me. And we were like, no! And yeah. told, like, about how when they knew it was coming down and they couldn't save it, they had to just, like, make it deflate faster, and he has this, like, core memory of an NYPD officer walking over, pulling out a knife, and stabbing the Barney balloon to help it deflate. And I was like, that's terrifying. And he was like, no, it was awesome. It was the cool... I was like, yeah! That's another episode. Listen to Ryan Schwartzman's episode, too. Guys, Poptimus is here. We're having a good time. Yeah, yeah. We're oh, I'm so just many... so excited for... I'm sorry, I'm interrupting your your clothes, but maybe no, I'll plug for you all. That could be my plug for today. I've got a road trip coming up, and I've just been like getting ready for all the Poptimus episodes I'm going to catch up on. So Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, absolutely, yes. uh, and just the rest of your catalog. It's since you told me about it a few months back, I've been trying to mm-hmm. piece my way through it, and I've got some good driving hours to dedicate coming up. Very excited. We've got so many episodes now. My God. By next this year, we'll have 70, like, baby. Yeah, we'll be at 100 next year. Crazy. Um, but thank you so much, Nick, for being on the show. Um, this was perfect. We have so many topics. I send out a breakdown email and the list just has gotten so long that I'm like, I wonder if people are going to have to really dig deep. But this was perfect. Um, we haven't had a game show before. So thank you again. Ooh. Have to be a trailblazer here, yeah. Trailblazer <laughs> for everything. Uh-huh. Um, well, this has been Poptimist. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out all of our previous episodes and like, subscribe, comment, all those good things on this episode and all the others. And if you have your own um, game show idea for what a pitch, be sure to leave that in the comments. Um, if you would like to reach us at poptimuspod at gmail.com with any comments, questions, concerns, hot takes of your own. Uh, and then last, we release episodes ideally every Wednesday. Um, so be sure to follow us on Instagram for updates on when a new episode is released. And that's just and at actually Poptimus real quick. Yeah. yeah Poptimus pod on Instagram. Do not follow us on Twitter because for all we know, by the time this episode airs, Twitter <laughs> will be a bankrupt hellhole. Uh, we don't know. So that's the only pop, um, yeah. pop culture news we didn't talk about. But I literally at work the other night kept sneaking to the bathroom to like update <laughs> Twitter to like watch it fall apart and read to real time. It's insane. It's it's wild to watch. So um, yeah, by the time this comes out on Wednesday, who knows where we'll be with Twitter? Every day is a new day with that <laughs> with that app. <laughs> um, yes. So with that, uh, thank you for listening, and everybody say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.